Welcome to Safer Roads by Protective Insurance. Expertise to help you protect your fleet. Hello, and welcome to Safer Roads presented by Protective Insurance. On this show, we sit down with experts from Protective to dive into the information they've gathered working as dedicated members of the transportation community over the last 100 years. These thought leaders and industry experts will share their experiences protecting people and supporting safer roads. My name is Rudy Sallow. I'm a lawyer in a large U.S. law firm where I advise on financing infrastructure and transportation systems throughout the U.S. I'm also a Forbes.com transportation contributor, public speaker, law professor, and podcaster. Joining me on the show today is a wonderful guest, Senior Director of Industry Training and Outreach at Truckers Against Trafficking, Laura Cyrus. Laura is here to discuss her role at Truckers Against Trafficking, as well as to touch on the work that they are doing to keep our roads and cities safe. So get ready for Safer Roads, brought to you by Protective Insurance. Welcome, Laura. Hi, Rudy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the show today. This is a very serious topic that we are going to discuss. I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate listeners sitting through this. So to get us started, do you think you could tell us a little bit about Truckers Against Trafficking or TAT? What is the purpose of the organization? Yeah, so Truckers Against Trafficking is an international nonprofit organization, and we are really seeking to raise up a mobile army of transportation professionals that can assist law enforcement in the recognition and the reporting of the crime of human trafficking in order to aid in the recovery of victims and the arrest of their perpetrators. So specifically, we work with the trucking, bus, and energy industries, as well as multiple state and national agencies across North America, really to train frontline folks on what to look for and what to do should they suspect they're interacting with human trafficking, specifically forced sexual exploitation or sex trafficking. It's incredible. I have so many questions. Like for the first one, how did TAT get started? Yeah, such a great story, actually. So TAT began in 2009. We actually became an official 501c3 in 2011. But the story starts earlier than that. So Our organization was founded by a woman named Lynn Lieberg and her four daughters. And the short version of this story is Lynn read a book called Not for Sale by a man by the name of David Batstone. I would recommend it to anybody interested in trying to learn more about human trafficking. But she read this book and she was so motivated to do something around the issue of human trafficking that she got her four daughters together and said, we need to do something. You all need to read this book and we need to figure out what we can do as a family to help combat human trafficking across our world. So they put together this anti-trafficking awareness conference in the state of Colorado, and they brought in multiple speakers from law enforcement to survivors and service organizations. And the idea was really just to start educating anybody who would listen on this issue of human trafficking. And in one of those sessions, they were fortunate enough to sort of land an FBI agent as one of their speakers at this conference. And in his session, One of the things he said was, you know, we've recovered young children at American truck stops and other locations that are being sold for sex. What if we could train every gas station attendant or every hotel worker? And he just kind of was just listing off these different sort of frontline folks that should be made aware of this this issue. 
And while she's sitting in that session, Lynn had this light bulb moment and thought of truckers because as a young girl, her parents owned and operated a small motel in Texas. And some of their best clients were over the road truck drivers that would stay at this motel. And it was small enough that she literally grew up around the breakfast table. Her mom would put out the continental breakfast every morning for their guests. And, you know, some of those guests were truckers. And so Lynn literally grew up around the breakfast table with truck drivers and really knew them to be, from her experience, give you the shirt off their back, salt of the earth, family oriented folks, right? That would really do anything for anybody if they knew how to help. And so she's sitting in this session, flash forward, and she has this moment of, well, of course, we have to train truck drivers. Their sheer numbers, their extensive travels, the nature of their jobs, they are perfectly positioned to be the eyes and ears of our nation's highways and to help us see this crime and then know what to do if and when they ever suspect it. So that's sort of how TAT got started. Other than you know the relation to truckers being guests at that motel, no relation to the industry at all, really just learning trial by fire, making connections with partners and truck stop industry and trucking companies and and really building up, honestly, a reputation of partnership and inclusion and helping position the industry, which anybody in the trucking industry, I think, will relate to this, an industry that sometimes gets a bad rap, right? People just think of sort of the negatives of truck drivers or the trucking industry, when in reality, if the trucks stop moving, if the drivers quit coming to work, our economy, our entire country, everything would stop. And truckers really are moving America, right? Yeah. And we got a good reminder of that during the pandemic, right? Unfortunately, our memories oftentimes are very short term here that we quickly forget. But I'm glad that you brought that back up. I think that needs to be brought up as often as possible so people do show the proper respect for the industry. And I think that that's one of the neat things about our organization is everybody can be against human trafficking. Everybody can agree it's wrong, it's bad. And by empowering this million strong industry to be a part of that solution and to actually have been recognized as a leading industry that is working to discover and disrupt human trafficking networks is just really cool. So we love to partner with our partners. We like to partner well and really see ourselves as being able to help tell all of that positive side of the industry because really truckers are awesome. Absolutely. And can you tell us what's your role in TAP? Yeah. So currently I am our acting senior director of industry training and outreach, which is just a fancy long way of saying that I help lead the team that is over all of the trucking related work that we're doing. So whether that's our training for over the road drivers, our training specific to local drivers, a training that we have for in-home delivery and professional movers, as well as a myriad of other programs, including our shipping partners program, which leverages the pre-existing relationships that shippers and manufacturers have with all of the companies moving their goods, our Freedom Drivers Project, our TAT Ambassadors Program, our TAT Dealership Partner Program, a whole host of things and really a really solid team of individuals that are working mostly on that industry side, trying to advance the work of TAT. But I can tell you, I had a really interesting start with the organization. I've been here just about 11 years and started as an intern while I was doing a graduate work at grad school and have done everything from the mailroom to organizing events and honestly just enjoy the work so much, find it so fulfilling that I've just never left. That's terrific. So you alluded to this a bit, but let me go to kind of piggybacking on a road you were going down. So 
Obviously, the word truckers is in the name. We're focused on truckers. But what types of companies or industries do you work with? Yeah, so great distinction. And trucking, truckers, that's how we got started. But we are so, so much more than that now. So in addition to our team that's leading trucking industry-related activities, we're also working with the bus industry. So think of school bus drivers, transit drivers, cross-country bus drivers. We have training specific to all of those folks, how they may be interacting with this crime. We're also working within the energy industry, predominantly oil and gas, but also within wind and solar. All of those contractors, all of those folks, this might be a new concept to people who don't know much about the energy industry, but there are these places called man camps where in these boom towns where all of this production is taking place, Temporary housing units will be set up and all of these workers will be brought in from wherever they live around the country, right, to come and do however many month-long stints they're working in the area. And they're typically in remote locations where the infrastructure of the, the towns that they're in really aren't set up to handle the amount of people, the amount of money, right? You have all of these typically men that are out away from their families. They are usually making pretty good money. And unfortunately, we found that traffickers see those locations as prime business opportunities. Unfortunately, they they understand that there's a demand for what they're selling in those locations. So what do we need to do? We need to train the energy industry. So trucking, bus, energy, we're also training law enforcement officers on a trauma-informed, victim-centered approach to dealing with the crime of human trafficking as they intersect with it, whether that's dealing one-on-one with victims that they're trying to help get out, or if they're working to educate the other industries that we're serving. We partner with state and local law enforcement all across the U.S. and actually now in Canada as well. But it's not just those boots on the ground. We're also educating the corporate office folks, business travelers, right? Executives, everybody lives in a community, whether you are taking a road trip, you're stopping at a rest area or a truck stop with your family, or you're a driver and you're stopping at those locations, or you work from home now and you don't travel much, you don't get out, but you are in and around your community. And the sad thing is this crime is impacting all of us. It is in all of our backyards. And so You don't have to be a trucker for our information, for our education to impact you and to be helpful. We're really trying to honestly educate anybody who will listen on the realities of this crime. Are there programs or projects you're using to help these companies learn more about the issue of human trafficking? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the really neat programs that we have is called our Freedom Drivers Project, and it is a 48-foot renovated show trailer. So think of like a tractor trailer that you can walk through. And on the inside of that are artifacts that have been donated to us by survivors of human trafficking. So for example, we've got one woman's lipstick case, another woman's cell phone, pair of sandals, a dog tag from a legal brothel in the state of Nevada that this dog tag was what this woman who was trafficked had to wear in order for buyers to let the house know that she was the one that they wanted to purchase. We have all of these artifacts and little bits and pieces of these survivor stories that really help to bring the reality of this crime home, help folks understand, gosh, this really could happen to me or my kids or someone in my family or in my community. And we take this exhibit to 
truck shows to law enforcement conferences, college campuses, all kinds of industry and non-industry events, and really ask people to get a little bit uncomfortable and to tour this trailer to take 10 minutes. There's a 90 second video that they watch as they're making their way through. And then they're just taking in these exhibits. But before they exit, we're also highlighting, especially what the industries that we're working with are doing to help combat the issue. And so while it is heavy and dark, it is also super informative and hopefully inspiring. But we take this to our corporate partners and invite them to hold events with this and educate, again, their back office folks as well as their truckers to really understand, again, the realities of this crime and that there's something that they can do to help combat it. You know, you were talking about that discomfort. I'm just curious about if you could just give a little bit of feedback about somebody before walking in and their faces when they walk out. Like, I'm just, I'd love to just hear a little bit about in general, how uncomfortable do people get? Yeah, it's interesting. We, especially in recent months, you know, folks have, I think, gotten a taste of human trafficking and kind of gotten more exposed to it and more exposed to the fact that it's happening here in the United States. And so you have some folks that are really eager to get in there and yes, teach me, let me learn as much as possible. But then other times you've got folks who quite honestly refuse to walk through and, you know, we never try to push people too far outside of their comfort zone, but they just say, you know, oh, that's, that's too dark. I can't ingest that information right now. I would say the majority of people fall in the middle. And I can tell you when we take this to the truck shows or huge industry events, you will have not to stereotype the industry, but you'll have big, burly truck driving men walk up into that trailer thinking, yeah, you know, sure, I'll take five minutes and walk through your trailer. And they come out in tears, honestly, and just realizing Yeah, over my career as a driver, the last 10 years or 20 years or 40 years or however long people have been driving, they say, I know that I've seen this crime. I just didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know that there was something I could do. And, you know, I have a real different perspective now that I could see this or this could be someone in my family that ends up falling victim to a crime like this. So it's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. Jeez. Just thinking about that. Uh, What about law enforcement and other industry training? What can you tell us about that? So we have a really neat law enforcement training program. We have a 40-minute video, which actually anybody, if you're listening to this, you can log on to our website, truckersagainsttrafficking.org, and watch any of our training videos. And I would encourage you to do so. But we've got a video specific to investigation and interdiction of the crime of human trafficking, as well as a fantastic in-person four-hour law enforcement training that includes our deputy director, as well as one of the two survivor leaders that we have on our staff that share their story and their interactions and intersections with law enforcement over the course of their time in trafficking. And again, it's really to help inform from that victim-centered, trauma-informed approach where law enforcement like so many people, you know, might have this false view that, oh, if it's someone in prostitution, they're there because they've chosen to be there or they're there because of the choices that they've made. When in reality, it's just not usually the case. And so we need to help, especially law enforcement, see these victims as victims and not as criminals, especially when we're talking about kids, right? There is no such thing as a child prostitute. Anybody under the age of 18 is automatically considered a victim of human trafficking if they're engaged in a commercial sex act. And so we need to, regardless of how mean or tough their exterior may be, how belligerent they may be, 
regardless of what that interaction looks like with that victim, we are trying to help law enforcement see those men and women and kids as people that need help, right? And need compassion and that have dignity and deserve that level of treatment. So um, it's been really neat to see law enforcement, again, be trained and equipped to handle this crime in a more proactive manner. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, it's like so many questions, so many, so many images running through my brain, but this is a protective insurance sponsored podcast. So, so I got to ask the question, cause I'm sure our listeners are wondering too, what is your connection to protective insurance? Gosh, I love protective insurance. I have been working with their organization since 2017 when they first became a partner of ours. And you know, I know the podcast is called Safer Roads. <laughs> and I have to remember my very first meeting that I set with the folks down in Indianapolis. You know, I live up in Michigan. And it was January of, I believe, 2018 when I went down and took this first meeting. And Looking back, it was not a safe trip. I should not have made it. The snow was flying. It was like potential blizzard conditions. And I made it in just in time. But, you know, I think I white knuckled it the whole way. But it was such an amazing opportunity to be with folks that just really care and had a vision for how they could help spread this message. And so ultimately, I'm so glad that I, I took the chance and I made the drive because it was just such a encouraging meeting and opportunity to kind of vision cast and plan what are the things that we could do together? How could Protective get this message out to the folks that they're working with and beyond to really involve everybody in the fight against human trafficking. So really proud to say that I've been working with the protective team since 2017. And each year, I just feel like it gets better and better. Incredible. And and can you tell us a little bit about the Harriet Tubman Award? What's its purpose, nomination process, criteria and selection, and just any stories of past winners? I'm really curious to hear more about that. Yeah. So one of the things early on that came up in this meeting, you know, I feel like the relationship with Protective has grown in just such an organic way over the years. And, you know, initially they were finding ways to share in their quarterly magazine and with their internal employees and having us at their claims and safety meetings that they had and allowing TAT to come in and present on how all of those companies that were in the audience clients could start to incorporate the the free TAT training material that we have available. And then as we kept partnering, we kept working together, this idea came up and they came to us and said, you know, what about your Harriet Tubman Award? And so TAT for many, many years has had what we call our Harriet Tubman Award. And it is our highest honor that we give every year. It is meant to celebrate the real life change makers out there on the roads that are keeping their eyes open and essentially making calls that help to recover victims out of human trafficking situations. And prior to Protective becoming the presenting sponsor of this award, we were doing well and we were giving out this award, but the team at Protective said, you know, I think we could really elevate this award and we would love to be the title presenting sponsors. Is this something you'd be interested in? And we said, yes, absolutely. Let's see what we can do. And so the award itself comes with a $2,500 cash prize. And it, it really is meant to help tell the story of these boots on the ground folks in whatever industry, right? Trucking, bus, energy, truck stops. We I didn't even mention all the, the training we do with the truck stop industry. But 
it gives us a chance to elevate and to share these success stories of these folks. And so I can speak from our winner this past year. I've been able to be a part of, I think, three or four of these award presentations now. And our winner this year was a driver by the name of Joe. He was out in the Mountain West region. This is actually an ongoing case, so I I can't share all the details. But he was driving and he was in a remote location, didn't have good cell phone service, was driving and was kind of going through this area known for its hot springs. And it was getting to be dusk time and he was kind of driving through these windy roads and he came around this curve and he saw a woman who was only in a beach towel. Her head was shaved. She was standing on the side of the highway, looking up at the mountains, just seemed very disoriented and confused about where she was. And Joe was following an explicit company policy, wasn't allowed to have an unapproved rider in his cab. So he said, you know, I'm going to help this woman, but I have to actually get down the road to a police call box. The cell phone service was so bad in this location, he couldn't pull over and have his cell phone work because there was no reception. So he drove for about another 10 minutes or so, came along to one of these blue light call boxes, got out of his truck, picked up the phone, said, hey, you know, back at mile marker, whatever, there's a woman that's in need of help. I don't know what's going on, but can you please send someone to help her? And the folks on the other end of the line said, absolutely. Joe did what he could, got back in his truck, continued on his way. This is such a neat story. Several months later, he was driving back through that same area and unfortunately had a weather-related incident. And his truck was off the side of the road. No one was hurt. But as he was working with the state police officer that was assisting him, he asked, he brought it up. He said, hey, whatever happened a few months ago with that woman that was by the side of the road, whatever happened, I was the one that made that call. And that trooper that was helping him said, that was you? Well, I was the officer that assisted in that case, and that ended up being a trafficking victim. She was an indigenous woman from about three hours away. Her traffickers had brought her to that remote location and had dumped her, had left her there. She had been drugged. She had been beaten. Again, she had said she was a victim of human trafficking. So that officer, after he picked her up, immediately took her to the hospital where she underwent mental health and physical evaluations. Um, And at that point, you know, she was turned over to a caseworker. And so we don't know the total after effects of that call, but that driver absolutely saved her life. The law enforcement officer told him, had you not called, she would have frozen. She would have been left there. She, I mean, she had no identification, no cell phone, no nothing, literally just in a beach towel. And so anyway, it was really great. He was one of our winners. He was our winner this past year. And I've, I mean, I've got story after story that I could tell you of just, again, being in the right place at the right time and having had the opportunity to have some training that just opens your eyes to being aware of these situations. Joe didn't know when he made that call that it was a trafficking victim, that honestly, he said it wasn't the first thing that crossed my mind, but this was a woman in a beach towel in cold weather, in the dark, like something wasn't right. And so having had the opportunity to have training and understand law enforcement, the national hotline, all of the folks that TAT encourages people to turn their tips into all say the same thing. We would rather callers, anybody, whether you're a truck driver or not, we would rather those callers call and be wrong than for those people not to call and to kind of sit and wonder like, should I call? Should I not? Because it could potentially lead to someone being recovered out of a life of trafficking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's incredible. Just hearing that particular story just opened up my eyes to 
things to watch out for as well and, and what to do in that situation. So I'm, I'm really glad you shared that. I could already think of several ways this question can be answered and how you already are. But since the show is called Safer Roads, as you alluded to, how do you think TAT contributes to safer roads in our country? That's a great question. I mean, I think the most obvious, at least to me, answer is we are mobilizing, educating, and equipping people that are already out on our roads, whether it's the highways or the local roads in and around our communities, to be those active bystanders, right? We are about systems change and bystander intervention, which is that idea of we all may see a crime. There may be 10 people that are witnessing a crime in progress, and we're all going to think, oh, so somebody else will call. I'm not going to call because I don't, I don't really want to get involved. I don't know what's going on, but someone else will surely call. Well, if nine of the 10 of us are all thinking that, that really leaves only one person that that responsibility is going to fall on their shoulders. And what we're saying to all of these people out on our roads, whether it's the motoring public or truck drivers or whomever it is, you have the opportunity to change a life. It only takes one person making one phone call to see something and essentially say something. If you see that something isn't right, make that call because you just don't know what the ripple effect of that call is going to be. And so as it relates to TAT, I think we're helping to build up and empower safer roads across our country by just getting out this free education and really inviting anybody to be a part of combating human trafficking. Couldn't agree more with that. So in your opinion, how effective do you think the programs have been? And at the same token, what results are you seeing from clients? Yeah. Great question. So we have trained over 1.6 million people with our training materials. That includes folks, again, in all of the industries that we serve. And truck drivers alone have made thousands and thousands of calls to the National Human Trafficking Hotline and have helped to identify countless victims just in the U.S. alone by those calls. That's just truckers. Nobody is tracking 911 data. Nobody is tracking how many bus drivers are making calls about the kids that are riding their buses or how many energy workers are potentially seeing this happen out in, in these areas where they're working. But what we know is that the National Hotline reported in a five-year span that 41% of the tips that were called in by truckers involved victims that were minors. So we're talking about kids and adults, but kids especially, that are being sold for sex across our country. And it's a truck driver in the right place at the right time that is able to make a call that results in that child or that adult victim being recovered. And so when we talk about impact, you expand that exponentially across all of these industries that we're serving. And you have to imagine, even though we're probably never going to see the total impact of all of those ripple effects, our Freedom Drivers Project exhibit, we take that to a community event and we have a child walk through, a minor adult that walks through and starts to have a reaction and is able to speak with a social worker immediately afterwards and say, you know, I'm triggered because I, I just realized I'm living through this. Or we have survivors coming up to us at community or industry events that we're a part of saying, thank you so much for doing this. Nobody here knows, but I'm a victim of human trafficking. And the fact that you're bringing this education to X, Y, or Z audience is so important. We're never going to know the total ripple effect of all of these things, but the reality is the industry and, and those you know tangentially related to the industry continue to prove that with just a little bit of education, people are willing to make that phone call. And that makes all the difference. Couldn't agree more. What you're doing is absolutely incredible, uh, empowering 
truck drivers empowering our listeners to open their eyes, to work together, to do what they can. I mean, let's be honest, right? We're not going to stop human trafficking. That's that's an impossible task. However, if we can hamper it a little bit by programs like yours, by being more aware, it will definitely result in less human trafficking, therefore safer roads by getting those criminals off the street and getting those transports away. Because think about it, right? Like if those transports feel like they're getting hunted down by law enforcement, they're going to do everything they can to evade and cause extremely unsafe conditions out on our roads. So what you're doing is amazing, Laura. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your work with Protective Insurance. Please keep up the awesome, awesome work. We're grateful to be a partner and yeah, grateful for the time today and the opportunity to, again, just encourage anybody that's listening. You don't have to be an expert in human trafficking. You don't have to be an expert in anything other than what you do on a daily basis. The reality is we all have an opportunity to combat this crime. You mentioned it. We're not going to end it. I honestly don't think it's going to end in my lifetime, the issue of trafficking, but we can all do something. And so I hope, if nothing else, you've walked away just feeling empowered and motivated to, to see what it is you could do to help us continue to create safer roads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, Laura. Thanks for having me. That is all the time we have today. I want to say thank you to Laura Cyrus for being on the show today to discuss how Truckers Against Trafficking is working to keep our roads safe. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Remember to keep an ear out for the next episode of Safer Roads 2. I'm Rudy Sallow, and this has been Safer Roads by Protective Insurance.